Yeah, hey everybody, welcome to Fuse all across the state, every campus, every room. Good to see you guys. I'm, I'm super uh, excited to be here tonight. My name is Caleb for any of those of you across the state that I haven't met. Um, and tonight, honestly, we're tonight's going to be awesome. Happy Valentine's week to those of you who that's a bigger deal than others, those of you who celebrate it, for those of you who don't, I feel you. Uh, but if your girl does, you better celebrate it. Uh, Amen. Okay, anyway. Hey, uh, this week we just wanted to do something kind of awesome and, and really special to me. So last, last week, how many of you at every campus enjoyed hearing from somebody with guys and girls specifically about what does God say about being a man? And God, Yeah, it was awesome, right? It was awesome. We had a unique environment set up at every campus to, to kind of talk through what does God say about being a man of God? What does God say about being a woman of God? We learned that God made man and woman in his image distinct, different but equal, right? Equal in value, equal in purpose, um, equal in all of the amazing things that are true about us, but very different, different in design, different in purpose, different in um, all the things we celebrate about men and women. So what we figured we'd do this week on Valentine's week is we talk about God's purpose for relationships. Because whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you're uh, thinking about it or not, God has designed us to be in relationships. Not just dating relationships, not just marriage relationships, but friendships. You have relationships with your coaches. You have relationships with your teachers. You have relationships with your parents. You have all, there are all sorts of relationships. And that's because God created people to live and thrive and flourish in relationship. But specifically, when we get to the idea of man and woman love relationships... There is a, it goes to an entire new level because God intended it to be that way. So there's, I want to just say something for, for a second and, and kind of get into this. But when we were thinking about what we needed to do tonight and how to best get this across to you, the idea that I wanted to fight for was I wanted the best person that I know of to come and talk about how to do relationships correctly. We could have brought in anybody in the world. We could have asked anybody, and I wanted to bring the person that I think is better at relationships than anybody that I know of. Friendships, marriage, mom, just being a co-worker, like everything about the, the young lady that's going to communicate tonight is absolutely world class. I would tell every female in here, whether you're 15 years old or 50 years old, that you would do well to become like the young lady you're going to hear from tonight. I would tell every guy in here that you would do well to try to marry a young lady or date a young lady that is trying to become like the young lady who's communicating tonight. I just happened to be married to her. She's amazing. And I've known her since I was 18 years old. Praise God I didn't know her before 18 years old because she would have never given me a shot. Shout out to sanctification. You're going to hear some of our story tonight. But honestly, this is my wife, Kristen. Can you guys say hello to my wife, Kristen? Hello. Hi, everybody. But I mean that. She's the best. She's the best at everything. And so tonight, we wanted to give you a, a snapshot into what relationships are actually like. Because if you watch TV, if you watch The Bachelor, if you watch all sort of stuff, the fact is you're not going to see what an actual relationship is like. And statistically, most of you grew up in homes where 50% of your parents are divorced. So it didn't work for them, Right. They didn't like it, something went wrong, somebody had a wrong motive, somebody did. So where, where are you going to see it, you know? Because if you grow up thinking that it has to be perfect or you have some unrealistic expectation, you're always going to be frustrated with it because we're, we're, not, we're not like old heads. We had not been married for like 40, 50 years, but we've been together for 10 years. We're about to be, have been married for eight years. 
and we have two children, and some things are pretty awesome about our relationship. They're not perfect, but it's awesome because we fight hard for it. And we fight hard for it because there's, there's two things. You can write this down. I want to read the scripture, and then we're going to get into just some, some Q&A. The first thing is this, and we've said this throughout this series, but true identity is both knowing and receiving what God says about you. And the reason that's important is because throughout the entire Bible, there's this thread of people who knew what God wanted and they refused to do it or refused to receive it as true about them. That's a challenge. It's not just enough to know the right things. It's not just enough to, to know what the right thing is or what God wants or what God says. We have to receive it as well. But the same is true uh, about people that just receive whatever to be true, right? It's, it's not just receiving what God says about you. It, it also is knowing it. Like there's, there is some validity to filling our mind with truth and with data and with promises that God has for us. And so if we don't actually look to where we're getting our dating and relationship advice, chances are you're getting it from a crappy source and you're receiving it to be true. And so we don't want you to do that because that leaves you with frustration and regret. Like we'll get to some of that in our story. That's part of our story, right? Because we're just normal people that have stories like that. So I want to read this scripture to you real fast. We've kind of been hubbed up in, in our uh, in our series, and then we're just going to talk a little bit. And we're, you're going to get a snapshot, and we're going to do some q and It would be awesome. So let's read this scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. I want to read this. Then God said, let us make man, and man is man and woman, in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, both male and female, he created them. And then look at this, and then God blessed them. Why? Because it was a good idea. Because male and female, so I'm trying to encourage some of you, male and female together was God's idea. And it was a good idea. And there's a purpose behind it. And so I, I remember being, you know, 15, 16, all the butterflies, like in your, so like all the feelings that you get, that was God's idea. The fact that you see a girl and you feel something that you've never felt before, God's idea. You're welcome. Ladies, the fact that you talk to all your friends about this guy that you met and you worry about all the conversation, that was God's idea. And it's a good idea. But like every single other idea that God had, it comes with instructions, it comes with commands, and it comes with a design. Why? Because God's heart from the beginning has always been to put goodness into the earth. Human flourishing, the glory of God that we would make and fill and subdue the earth. And he says to go on, go on, he says after he blessed them, God says to the man and the woman, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea. He basically gives them this purpose. He gives them to each other, and then he gives them this purpose. He says, I'm putting you two together because it's a good idea for the two of you to go and accomplish my purposes in the earth. But how many of you know, just like every other idea that God has, if you don't do it the way he says it, it ends up not working the way that he intended it to work, right? That doesn't make God a bad guy. That makes him smart because he gave you instructions to build something that he actually wanted to be built, right? So what we're trying to look at is, and what we're trying to kind of work through and understand is, over the next 50 years until, I mean, if, if I die before that, you got a good insurance policy coming your way. But if we don't, then over the next 50 years, our heart is to try to figure out together how we're going to accomplish God's purpose for us. So let's start with this. Okay, let's start. What is your maiden name? Babinski. Okay. Yes. Why is that important? Because when we were dating, what did I have? What? Hashtag. Oh, Babinski fever. That was like my hashtag. Mm -hmm. It was stupid. Yes. But hey, for those of you who, yes. those of you guys who are stupid, there's hope. Okay, actually, can you show this picture? This is what we actually looked at when we looked like when we started dating. I want to show you this. There's hope. That's not a picture of us. Wow. There it is. 
We are getting old. So is I've what got that like, says. yeah. So I've got like a bat. I've got gauged ears right there. <laughs> Let me give you guys. An, this is honest. This is probably too much information. In that picture, I've got gauged ears, baggy sweater jacket, baggy jeans. And I was at this point where I was I was smoking about a pack of cigarettes a day at that point too. Like that was I was had to work through that. Yeah, that she was actually. Something. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. We'll get to that point in the story. That was actually yeah. part of our. That was part. So I'm just that's what we do. Okay. So anyway, there's hope for those of you who don't look awesome, and you also are making some potentially not awesome choices. There's hope for you too. Okay, here we go. Thanks, God. All right, let's start with stories. Okay. How did we meet? Let's hear it. From How did you. we meet? Well, okay, I feel like we have some discrepancies in this. Okay. So I'll start because obviously I feel like my version is um, correct. So. What are you on the Enneagram first off? Enneagram 9. Any, any other Enneagram 9s yes. out here? Anybody, anybody know? Anybody, anybody care? Anybody? My people? Care with the Enneagram too? Okay. Okay, some of y'all are like, what are y'all talking about? Okay. Um, okay, how we met. This is like our first face-to-face -face encounter. Um, so I went to Clemson. I was home for the summer. Uh, but the church was actually doing a conference that summer. And so I had been volunteering with your mom while I was here. And so I was like, well, I will just ask Miss Leslie if I can come stay with her the night before so that, you know, we had to be at the conference early to volunteer. So I came down, um, and you were still living at home at that time because this was right after your senior year of high school. Um, and so I had gone to bed. You were out late. I don't know, doing who knows what. And so you had slept on the couch. Oddly enough, I was staying in your bed, which is odd. But, we had never met. Know, yeah, we had never met, but there's that. So This is a weird story. It, but it's true. It's, it is this true, is but this happened. is, I've, yeah, forget about mm -hmm, it. Yep. Um, and so the next morning we woke up early. I woke up early to get ready for the conference, and your mom had told you to go from the couch to her room to finish sleeping because it was early in the morning, and you passed by the bathroom that I was getting ready in At like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so our first encounter was him passing by the bathroom. I'm, like, getting ready, doing my hair or something. I don't know. And you were in your underwear. That was all. <laughs> that was it. So our first encounter was basically me saying, I don't think I should be seeing this. And you're like, what is this girl doing? Well, yeah, doing? because mm -hmm. I, there had never been a girl in my house ever well, besides my mom. Yes. So I'm like, what the heck is yes. this? Then, but then, so that was our first, like, face-to-face, -face, our eyeballs connected. Um, then... Like a couple weeks, a month or so later, I don't know, at Gauntlet is when we officially met yeah. each other. So I'm not saying that's why you should go to Gauntlet, but I'm not saying it's why you shouldn't. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is probably the last time we're going to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very weird, weird story. It's, I mean, that's how yeah. it happened. It's the truth. Shout out to yeah. my mom if you're watching this. Because yes. Good looking Ms. out, Leslie, mom. That was right? good She move. basically set us up. So. All right. What was, um, what was your dating life like before we met? Let me start didn't exist. <laughs> I went to prom my junior and senior year. Yep. I had like a couple of crushes, but I'd literally never been on a date one-on-one -on -one with a girl. So I took yes. a note card with interview questions <laughs> on our first date. I thought it was like an Listen, interview. You got a How did, date, what was your so dating life like before we met? Um, yes. I mean, we started dating when we were 18 and 19. So we were pretty young when we started dating. Um, but before that, in high school, I did. I dated a guy for a couple of years. So, you know, I feel like for high school, it was a pretty, like, serious, committed relationship, as it can be in high school. And then, I mean, a little bit my freshman year of college, some first dates. But then we started dating. And as they say... The rest is history. So there you yeah. go. And then I remember um, I was like a loser, jealous type. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. And I remember you went, there was a guy when you were at Clemson that you went to like get coffee with. I don't know what's with. about to happen. I feel nervous. You went to get coffee with this guy be, when oh, we were dating yeah. because he was having relational problems. And I mm. thought, what sort of. 
what sort of jerk is taking my, so I called him. I'm like, bro, don't take my girl to coffee. <laughs> he was like, he's like, dude, don't, like, I was asking her questions. I'm like, I don't care. I'll punch you in the face. Don't take my girl to coffee. And then there was a guy that played football at Clemson, and he big time had a crush on you. And then after we got married, he got to the NFL, and I remember one time he Snapchatted you <laughs> while we were married, and I Snapchatted him back. I was like, what's up, cuz? Like, I don't care. What's up? You, you can have the okay, NFL. I'm just going to move on here. I know, but so. that was awesome. Yep. That's like made me feel good, you know? Because <laughs> I look just like everybody in the NFL. That was yeah. the same. Okay. Should you date in middle school and high school? Should you? I mean, as someone who dated in high school, I think, is it wrong? Is it sinful? No, probably not. Um, is it wise? I don't know. I feel like you're going to have to answer that for yourself. I don't know each of you. Um, but I feel like emotionally, spiritually, relationally, the maturity that you need to be in a God-honoring, healthy, helpful relationship in high school um, there's probably few of you that are going to do that well. If I'm just being honest, as someone who we were in high school, it is not impossible to do it well, but it is hard to do it well. And I think, honestly, for most of you, you're not going to get married at 18. And so for most of you, that if you start dating in high school, there's a long time that you're going to date before the idea of marriage is a reality. And I think to do it well from middle school and high school all the way until marriage that's a long time to do it well and to do it in a God-honoring way. Not impossible. It can be done, and I know that we know, we know couples that have done it and have done it well. Um, Shout out to Drew Hankins and Spartanburg. Spartanburg Fuse Pastor, y'all already know, he and his girl met. Did they meet at T.L. Hannah or was it at McCants? They, were in, they started dating in middle school, and now they got kids, man. Come or on. kid. Yes. Two kids. Come on, Drew Hankins. That's yeah. Like, yeah. He's like 27 years old, and yeah. he's been dating Summer since they were like eight or something. That's man. amazing. That is amazing. But that's literally one of like 7,000 stories, so your odds are low, let's be honest. <laughs> um, how do you know when you're in love? How do we know? Um, Can, think, hang on. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about all the stupid things we did before we said, I love you. L why? Because it's embarrassing, and they need to know. <sighs> okay. Because, listen, guys, look, you, you may think that you're cool, and you're not. I promise, okay? So everybody needs to know. It can still work. Okay, so. I think I know what you're going to say, and I want to die. Okay, well, then you, you say it. This out loud. Then you say it. Okay, we were, oh, my God, I want to die. Okay, <laughs> there was. This is what the people want. Okay, well, welcome to reality. We were, like, in between like and love. <laughs> And so we <laughs> Hang on. Who knows what I'm talking about? We're, we're further along than I like you. Yeah. But, but that's a threshold, like man. Before you're about to say I love, love you, like, you got to know some stuff. So it's like, all right, let's, let's, what is there? What's in the middle of like and love then? And so. Oh, God. We would say I loke you. Ah! No, it's terrible. It's, it's so lame. Bad. It's lame, but hey. Wait, now this is out there. Everyone knows that forever. Yeah. Ugh. You forced it, us into well, that. I did not. I was and not then we go would there. say. We'd no. say, like, I'd, if I wrote her a note, I'd sign it, like, one, four, three, because that's how many letters are in the words, I love you, without actually Guys, saying I love do you. do better is what we're saying. Yeah, Just do better. Do better hey, do that. better, but <laughs> if you can't do better, those are at least some ideas. Okay. So, so how, do you know, how do you know when you're in love? Um, I mean, I feel like I was thinking about how did we know when it was the appropriate time to say I love you? Um, and I feel like thinking about that, it was when we knew, because there's like love the feeling and then, you know, like 
there is a feeling in the noun. Like, you know, the Bible says God is love. Um, and so I feel like when it was past the point of this being a feeling and we had made it a choice, um, that it's not just this butterflies, like, we love thing, but it's like, I love you for who you are, not just what you do, um, and not just for the feeling that you give me. Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I pretty much knew it after our first date. Seriously, that's, well, that's not really a joke, I, but I think it helped me to have never been on a date before. Because I left that first date, and I was like, I think that's it. Like, like I think, so I started saving, and then I bought you a fat ring, and it was dope. All right, next. Bling, bling. Does the one exist? How many know what we're talking about when we say, like, the one? Like, will I find the one? All right, yes, you know what we're talking about. Does it exist? I, I'm going to say no. Hot take. Maybe hot take. I'm going to say no. I feel like... First of all, like just my logical brain, when I think about, okay, well, what happens when one person marries the wrong one? Then the whole order of the universe is off, and we're all rock, walking around with the wrong one. That's like, a good that point. just that doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I think outside of that, when I think about, I don't know, y'all, this idea of the one, it just feels like this idealized, like perfected version of this person we have to find. And I think God is just much kinder and better than to force us into the pressure of going to find this one perfect person out there. Um, and I also think, you know, when you just think about this idealized version of the one, that is not setting us up well, because then you've just got this dream picture idea of this person that you're going to spend your life with. And newsflash, everyone is full of faults and failures and weaknesses, and we are going to disappoint each other. And when you set yourself up with this idea of just this dream person, and then they don't live up to that. That that can be disappointing. And so I think when you think, okay, well then, what do I look for if I'm not finding the one? Um, I think I would tell you like make a list of some non-negotiable things. Um, Which one of those for you was? I'm not going to marry a guy that's smoking. You know. So I had to so, quit. Yes. We <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I did. I'm not like not like. Oh man, I had to quit smoking. No, I'm glad yeah. that I did. It was a yeah. right decision for my yeah. health and having children, longevity in my life, all the good things. Yeah. Honoring Christ in my body, all those things. But the the no, seriously, that that's a big yeah. deal because you can have a list, but then you got to hold to it, right? Yeah. Like I literally, I went to pick her up on a date. I smelled like cigarettes. She said, "You can smoke cigarettes or take me on dates." She slammed the door in my face. <laughs> said, and it's, she wouldn't let me take her out. Yeah. So I never smoked another cigarette again. You know, that was yeah. like 11, 12 years ago. That was that was helpful. But, but I think with that, 11, like, 10. there's this idea of also don't settle. And I would challenge that a little bit. Like, there are some things to settle on. If you want to ask the Lord for, you know, a seven-foot, blonde-haired, blue-eyed man, ask him for that. That's great. But also, is that the thing that really matters? Um, I mean, sure. you want to be attracted to the person that sure. you spend forever with. But, sure. like, is he a man or a woman that loves Jesus that is going to instill the kind of character that you want in your kids one day that has integrity, that is honest? And so I think look for that kind of someone and let them become like the one, you know, and I think, how do you know when they're the one? When you get married, That's like right. we are now the yep. one for yep. each other. That's right. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I've, I actually found that to be like fairly confusing when we were dating because you're, you're, I feel like you're looking to try to find a target that doesn't actually exist, right? So how do you, how do you hit that? I mean, what, it's a set of just totally different questions, opinions. There's no real, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And I, I, I would agree. I think that, um, the, the whole point of, and we, we actually had some, some younger couples over at our house recently, and like, and these are like believers, and, they, and there's, some, there's some question, and it, it was like in their friend circle, like, why would you get married? Right? Like, what's the point? And the reality is 
that if you don't have a like distinctly Christian way of viewing life, why would you get married, right? Like I, I remember, I literally remember my friend group. It's gonna be a little, little bit of TMI, but we're grownups here, at least working toward it. So my friend group did not follow the Lord, did not love Jesus. And when I was getting married, I at 19 years old, I got engaged. Is that right? Was I 19? I was 20. I just 20. turned 20. Use the microphone. Um, and I remember calling a couple of my friends to ask if they wanted to, like, be in my wedding. And, and seriously, they were like, bro, you're going to have sex with one person for the rest of your life? That was, like, the, that's the only thing they could think about. Why? Because they had no, they had no understanding of what is a marriage. What, why, would, why would two people make binding promises to each other in front of God and witnesses and choose to love each other even when the other person is not holding up their end of the bargain. Why would you do that? Well, because marriage is a picture of the good news of Jesus Christ. Marriage was God's idea. And when you take a man and a woman who are broken and sinful, and they make promises to each other, and they rely on the Holy Spirit to help them, what happens is every single day you have to humbly choose to forgive and love and serve and give to the person that you're married to. And by doing that, whether it's with the one or whether it's with a one that you ended up with, that is what forms you and makes your marriage something that other people look to, right? Because it's not just based off of whether or not you're just awesome all the time, right? And that's, I mean, she's awesome all the time, but I'm not awesome nah, all the time. True. And so we have to choose that all the time. So this idea of like the one, when you're, if you're going to be dating in high school, you need to be seriously thinking about this. One, it needs to be working towards something. And number two, if you're already, if you got like a, a list of a thousand issues already, dump that person because you're, those that issues are going to be there forever. But if there's like a handful of things that you see that you're like, oh, I might need to work through, don't let your jealous friends tell you need to break up with them. Like, there's, you're going to marry somebody who's not awesome. Can I say that? And you're going to help make them awesome. That's God's plan. So anyway, let's keep going. Okay, what does God have to say about singleness? Yes. Well, most of you in here, if you are not married, then you are single. Even if you are in a dating relationship, you are considered Single. single. Um, in, in regards to taxes and yes, like the government. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I think when I go back, let's just start with the Bible. What does the Bible say? And I think when I think about who is our best example of a single person, you know, Jesus. Like, he was a single man. And when I think about what did God say about him, that can enlighten us to what God might think about singleness. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, and I think it's Matthew when he's saying, like, you are my son whom I love with I am well pleased, and that was before Jesus did any ministry, so God is saying that to him before he's really, you know, done anything, and I think as a single man, God said because of who he was, um, that I love you, and I am pleased with you, and I think there's, there's this phrase that has always stuck with me, it's actually used, generally used in like the special needs community, and it's called person first, and I'm trying to think of an example, like a dyslexic person. Instead of saying that, it's a little bit more appropriate to say like a person with dyslexia. To t they are a person first. And I think that's a great illustration for singleness. Um, singleness does not define you. You are a person who is single. It is an attribute of you. It is not an identity assigned to you. Um, and so to just remember that um, you are a child of God first. And I, even honestly, sometimes I feel like in the church, like sometimes we have, and y'all y'all are still in student ministry, but as you continue to grow up and grow towards adulthood, like in churches, there's typically like kids ministry and youth ministry, but then you get to be an adult. And sometimes if you're an adult and single, it feels like this weird place. And I feel like it can kind of write the narrative that there is this hierarchy of like 
who is effective and important in the kingdom of God. Um, and single people, they are not second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. They're not. Um, you are important to God, and you matter. And, yeah, I just I want you to know that you are seen yeah. and valued and loved. And you, you matter to God not because of your worth as a single person or not, but because you are his kid. So. That's good. Got nothing to add to that. All right. Can you and should you really be just friends with members of the opposite sex? Um, I feel like this kind of ties in the first one. I don't know. Can you? I don't know you. You might be mature enough to be able to do that. Um, I would say, I'm not going to say everyone or always, but generally in large part, do I know a lot of male and females who have been able to be just friends? Usually one of them likes the other at some point. Um, so can you? I don't know. I think that kind of depends sure. on you. It's like a motive thing. What are you, what's actually the, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on it because I think it is, I think you got to be careful. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that, okay, because I, I think you get into a silly place that like the Bible doesn't paint any of those pictures. But I do think that you need to ask yourself, what is it that you're getting out of a relationship? Because if you're going into a relationship just to receive, then you're being a leech and you're not a good friend. You have to have something to offer to any relationship, upward to your parents, downward to your kids, sideways to your friends, your peers, your husband, your wife, whatever it is, your boyfriend or girlfriend. You have to have something to offer, okay? And so realistically, high school guys, when all of your, most of your decisions are being made by your hormones, and high school girls, where a lot of your decisions are being made by your hormones, you ain't got oftentimes a lot of good stuff to offer to each other. Let's just be honest. That's why there's some, there's some real serious decisions to make before you just engage in friendships, right? So ask yourself, what are we getting out of this guy-girl relationship? Are we getting like the feeling of kind of like talking or the feeling of kind of like having somebody to, maybe you got a friend, maybe you got somebody that you trust that's just like a good person. Great, awesome. If it's God-honoring, awesome. But always ask yourself, what is this motive? Am I giving something to this or am I just getting something out of this? So that's, that's all I would add there. Okay, do you, do you really have to think about marriage that much when you're young? Like, does it matter that much? Do you have to focus on it? What do you think? I think it's important to think about it. I think it's probably not helpful to fixate on it. Um, I think, like anyone, in any season of life that you're in, it is training ground for who God wants you to be and who he wants you to become. And so as a young person, it is helpful to think about who you want to become, whether or not marriage is a part of your future. And I feel like the Bible makes a lot of promises. Um, everyone getting a spouse is not one of them. And so you want to work towards becoming Christ-like. Like, we don't want marriage to be the end goal. That is not ever the end goal. And so I think if you start fixating on marriage and making marriage the thing that you want instead of Jesus the thing that you want, um, that's probably not helpful. Couldn't agree more. I, I, it has helped. Um, I think we've both probably had seasons where you were expecting me to be something that I couldn't live up to, and I'm expecting you to be something that you can't live up to. And that just always ends up with one of us being frustrated or let down or disappointed when in reality I'm not Jesus and you're yeah. not Jesus. Yeah. And, that, and it's hard, it gets harder, you know, as you get closer to each other, you, you start to, you know, really become one and work through this thing. But, you have to, but I'm, I'm never not a believer before I'm a husband, right? right. I'm, ne yep. I'm never, I'm never not a, a believer before before you're a wife or a mom or, or whatever. And so, I, I, that that honestly has been helpful to kind of return to that, mm -hmm. because if I'm not, it's um, like if if I'm not in love 
and pursuing the Lord and working through repenting and trying to grow and keep a soft heart and apologize when I'm wrong with him, I'm not actually going to be offering that much to you as your husband. Yeah. And, and yeah. same, right? So, yeah, yeah good. That's great. I, I, yeah, I good is what I just said. All right, let's end on, let's end on this question, and then we'll, we'll pray for a little bit. Um, what's the greatest piece of advice you were given? And actually, I want you to focus on what was the question that we used to ask each other? When we were dating, because I feel like that's like something that that actually has yeah. helped us a lot. So let's 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 go okay. there. Yeah, we used to ask. I hope we're about to say the same thing. Um, say it on have two. one. No, two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. No, um, have I been a good friend? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think that's really helpful um, to ask each other that. Just have I been a good friend to you? Have I been kind to you? Have I been? Yeah, the way you would treat a friend. Um, yeah, it sets a really good foundation. For a healthy marriage. So we used to we used to go, like, I think, looking back, I think part of the reason why we waited a while for romance, like the romantic side of it, was because I'm pretty sure I had no idea what romance was. So I'm, I'm looking back, I'm trying not to, like, just overstate it. But we used to, like, there was semesters where, when you were in college, where, like, dates for us were like Cracker Barrel on a Wednesday morning. It wasn't like we're going to this big fancy dinner. It was like, no, we got to, because we, that was our goal. And we didn't always do a great job. Yeah. Like, like we honestly, and that's that's why I feel I feel awesome about sharing with you guys because there, we did we had seasons where our relationship probably wasn't above reproach. Yeah, where yeah. we were we were letting our emotions get the best of us. We were letting our desires get the best of us. We yeah. we were more involved physically than we should have been. But the que- the question that kind of anchored us in those seasons, whether we were you're living in Italy for a little while or I'm I'm working really hard so we don't get to hang out that much, was am I being a good friend to you because and this is this is honestly this is like pretty much the only good dating advice I feel like I have to offer anybody (laughs) is there's a really high chance that you don't end up marrying the person that you're dating right now that's fine there's a chance you marry him that's cool but there's a really high chance you don't end up marrying them but there's a really high chance that they end up marrying somebody and God has ordained this season of your life maybe even your relationship to prepare both yourself and them to marry somebody else. And so it's it, it I feel that much more now that there's a chance that I for three years was dating somebody else's wife. How was I setting her up to marry this guy one day? That's great. Yeah. What what were the what were the conversations that she was gonna get to have with her future husband one day on their honeymoon and the regrets that they had or didn't have because of the decisions that I made when she when I had a chance to date her? What are, the, what are the, the things that I was going to pass down to my kids that my girlfriend, when she was in college, helped me understand that it just turned out we ended up getting married. That's awesome. But the likelihood that, that you're together with somebody right now and you're having fun, even if you're trying to honor God, chances are you're going to end up married to somebody. And Jesus said one of the main principles, it just, it, it just go back and just read the golden rule for a second. Like, just think about it, like, that you would... You would do to others and treat people in a way that you want to be treated. How do you want your future wife to be treated? Think about it, guys. If you're 15, 16, 17 years old, how do you want your wife in 10 years to be being treated right now? Is your girlfriend being treated like that? You're, you're gonna, likely you're going to have sons one day. You're going to have daughters one day. They're going to go through all the butterfly feelings and pursuit and do all the fun things that you're, that you're feeling. Do you want them to be honoring each other the way that you're honoring your boyfriend or girlfriend? Because I'm not trying to throw shade, right? We, we've fought through this and worked through this. 
but it's helpful when you have something that you're actually working toward, when you have a goal, when you have a target, when you have something that you actually want to go after, you end up getting there more times than not. But if you don't have anything you're working toward, you're never going to get there, right? So the question I would ask is, if you are dating in here, if you got a boyfriend, you got a girlfriend, or you got a crush that you're working toward, are you being a good friend? Like, are you honoring them? Are you, are you helping them to try to make decisions that are better for them, better for their future, better for who they're going to be, what they're going to do down the road? And if you are, honestly, I, I think that will frame a lot of your, your conversations. Okay, we're running out of time. So here's what I want to do. Let's stand up. We want to we, we pray for some, for some folks. And so um, every, don't stand up. Sorry, at every campus, don't stand up. Sorry, I meant, I meant let's, let's stand up. I'm sorry. My bad. I was unclear. That's on me. It's not you. It's me. Um, so here's what I want to do. If you're in here. And you are a couple, and you're, you're seriously dating, like you're trying to have like an honorable dating relationship at any campus, if you're here and you're dating, would you stand up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Come on, don't be shy, people. Yeah, you ain't got to be shy. Yeah. Even, if you're, even if you're not like just sitting right beside them, it's okay, you can, you can stand up. Awesome. So in, in just a second, my wife's going gonna, to gonna pray. But here's what I wanted to say, okay? For years, I got this wrong. As a pastor, as a youth leader, here's what I got. I got this wrong for years. Here's what I did. What I would do is I would try to shame people and try to get you to just break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. But here's the problem. Some of you are actually trying to honor God and have good, honorable, fruitful relationships. Some of you are trying. And here's what I know, because this happened in our friend, in our different friend groups. This has happened with people that we're in relationships with now. If you do a good job at dating, it says more about who Jesus is than if you were to get up and just preach. The way that you are together dating and honoring each other and trying to humble yourself and pursue God is an effective witness to Jesus. It is. It's awesome. There are decisions that you will make that your friends won't make, and they'll ask you about why you're doing things the way you're doing them. There are ways that you will treat each other and honor each other and make good relationships with your boyfriend or girlfriend's mom and dad that will honor them and that will honor that authority, that will honor your future. There are things that you can do right now in this season of life to honor your future in a way that your friends will go, whoa. What are they doing at Fuse? What are they talking about? What are they teaching over at church? Why are these people involved? So I don't want you to feel shame. I don't want you to just feel like you need to break up. Because some of you might end up married. And some of you might end up making some decisions that really set you up in the future. And some of you might end up at dinner here in the next few months with a couple friend of yours that's trying to figure out why they can't quit fighting and y'all just get along and you, and you actually seem to enjoy each other. So we want to pray. We want to pray for your, for your relationships, that they would be God-honoring, number one. That they would be purifying, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually. That they would, they would help to purify your motives, to purify your purpose, to purify your gifts and your skill set and who you are. But we want to pray that they would also help be an effective witness to your community and to the world around you. So, why don't you guys come get these tables and chairs. And while we do that, the bands on every campus can come back out on stage. And uh, why don't you just pray? And then we'll pray and we'll say amen, and uh, you guys can, we'll, we'll go back into worship. Yeah. God, thank you. Thank you for um, the courage of these uh, young men and women to stand up and to say, we're trying to do this. We're trying to do it well. Um, but in order to do it well, we need you. 
Um, we need you, God, to give us the wisdom and um, to give us the self-discipline to do it well. Um, God, I pray a resolve in the body, in the mind, and in the spirits of these young men and women to, to do the right thing and to the best, do the best thing even when it is the hard thing. Pursuing a God-honoring, committed relationship in a way that reflects... <laughs> to the world, the goodness of who you are. It is It is not necessarily an easy thing to do, but it is a worth it thing to fight for. And so God, I just pray for a resolve in these young men and women to do that and to fight for that. Um, God, I pray for um, just a protection and a, a willing a willingness to fight for the discipline of purity in their lives, um, in, in their body, in their thoughts, um, and in their lives in every way from their head to their toe. God, I pray that you would just cover them um, as they fight for purity um, and as they fight for a relationship that just honors you. God, but I pray almost more than anything that before they find any sort of identity, any sort of affirmation, anything in the person that they are standing beside or that they are with or that they are dating, God, they would remember that they belong to you and that you are the one that gives them their worth. You are the one that gives them their value. You are the one that tells them who they are um, and just how much you matter, how much they matter to you. And I God, I just pray a deep belief and a deep conviction um, just that they would remember their identity identity belongs to you first before it belongs to anyone else. Um, God, I pray over these relationships, just an absolute, just pouring out a blessing. Um, God, and I pray, this, this is a hard thing to pray, but God, if for some reason, when and if it is not the right thing, would you give them the boldness to acknowledge that? Um, but... I also just pray right now that you would keep the ones who need to be kept to do the good work through their relationships that you want them to do. And so, God, we love you. We honor you. We bless these young men and women. Amen. Amen. Yeah, all right, let's stand up every campus. Let's sing a little bit.